0: Hello and welcome to the movie podcast. My name is Daniel, and of course, I am joined by Shabazz.
1: ¿Qué pasa, amigos? And
2: Anthony. Too much? That was too much. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Anthony, and I am talking to you <laughs> right now. <laughs>
1: I was just like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna move on right from that intro. I'm, just I'm glad, move I'm glad you, you didn't, you didn't acknowledge it too much, which is good because then you know yeah, I have to explain funny. it, and then when I have to explain right. it, I'm probably gonna end up in a deeper hole.
0: Right. So it's better just to move on. Uh, really quickly before we start the show. Oh, okay. Uh, this, I'm just going to dive right into this because I think this is the most important thing to talk about uh, this week. If you're listening to this episode on November 2nd. Uh, Today and tomorrow are your last days to vote. If you are one of our many listeners in the States, please make it your duty, if you haven't voted yet, to please vote. Mm-hmm. I just want to throw that out there first before we
1: start the show. Definitely go and vote.
0: As always. You can catch a brand new episode of the Movie Podcast every single Monday across all your favorite podcast services. If you want to write in and be part of the show and give us your comments, suggestions, and corrections, head over to this time with com. Now gentlemen something else I jumped over how are you guys doing this week?
1: do you want to tell them the end of the website
0: though uh, did I not finish it this time with dot com slash talk
1: yeah you just said this time with dot com and I'm like oh th- there's a talk at the end
0: well I hopefully they'll remember that by now this time with dot com slash talk uh, how are you guys doing Shay how are you doing
1: uh, yeah I'm doing great I'm doing great i'm'm uh, I'm, uh, I'm living I'm alive I'm breathing the free air yep for yeah. now. For now, but yeah, no, I'm doing good, man. It's it's been. Uh, it, I didn't get to watch this much this week, and, you know. It's Halloween. It was Halloween week, but now you guys are past Halloween who are listening to this. So you guys are all like, "Oh, it's Christmas to me." Um, I'm not there yet, personally, but give me some time. But yeah, you know, we just we just had a very interesting Halloween. I'd say. Did you guys get any trick or treaters?
2: Nope. Um, no, I was. I, uh, I was expecting to see
1: people outdoors, mm-hmm. just maybe a couple, but. It was a ghost town. I I just saw one family out there um, with their kids. And it's when I went to go walk my dog. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, are you guys uh, trick or treating? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, any luck so far? And they're like, no. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. Yeah,
0: that sounds about right. Yeah, there was like like Anthony, like my street was a ghost town. Nobody was trick or treating. And you know, that's, you know, it's one year without trick-or-treating. You're No one's going to go crazy if they don't have to trick-or-treat. I mean, just, just buy candy. Like, do alternative ways of doing it in your house. We saw exactly. lots of our friends having, like, their kids trick-or-treat in different rooms in their house. Like, make it fun. You yeah, know, it's I'll not like, yeah, like, just have, have fun with it. Like, you don't have to go get strangers candy, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> but it's funny, though, like, going to different grocery stores and just seeing the obscene amounts of like Halloween candy and like those towers upon towers of like chip boxes that haven't been purchased because who is giving out stuff
1: this mm-hmm. year right yeah exactly it was I think already uh, on sale before Halloween
0: <laughs> yeah so it's, it's already on clearance <laughs> before, yeah. before Halloween night uh, don't forget you could follow us at the movie podcast on Instagram Twitter and don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and join our discord all of the show notes for, uh, for everything we just spoke about will be in the, the show notes of the show on whatever podcast service you're listening to including a little write-in message from Cosmin. So last week uh, we shout out Cosmin, one, because it was his birthday but also because we were asking him to clear up uh, our Django and Boba Fett, like, are they Mandalorians? Are they not? Uh, he did clear that up for us, so just to kind of to, uh, to shorten the history lesson a little bit, in the Star Wars Legends they are part of the Mandalorian culture, while in the movies which is canon now um they're not uh which we learned in attack of the clones also Cosman did go on to say that um uh he's looking forward to like season two of the mandalorian um and he's interested to see if Django or boba fett will be brought up uh and he wants to find out more about how moff gideon who is um uh my god why am i blanking on his name right now John uh, Carlo Esposito uh, yeah. how he got the dark uh, lightsaber from the Mandalorian. So mm-hmm. thank you for writing in and clearing that up for us, Cosman. Uh, some updates and some announcements this week. Of course, we have our reviews available on the movie podcast feed for Borat, subscri- subsequent movie film, Trial of the Chicago 7 and On the Rocks. All great films, all available to stream right now on, we kind of have it across the, the board here on different streaming services. So we have an Amazon for Borat, Netflix for Trial of the Chicago 7 and On the Rocks is on Apple TV+. And I'm going to kick it over to Shay for our bracket update.
1: Thanks a lot, Daniel. Uh, I'm over here in the studio, and you won't <laughs> believe it. This bracket is going, going, and it's gone. So we just wrapped up our horror movie bracket, okay? Uh, and like I told you guys last week, it came down to Halloween 2018. Or I guess you could just say Halloween in general, but that one specifically. Uh, and Scream and you know we were talking about what is your favorite horror movie and lo and behold scream wins are we surprised that, though Oh, okay there, there's are no surprise you guys were not happy it sounded like i'm i'm, I'm, no, I'm no, just I'm, gonna
2: say i'm good i'm not with that i'm just gonna say i'm i feel there is some sort of conspiracy uh <laughs> has been leading this i feel like he has uh, somehow twisted the numbers because you know he is a huge fan of scream Uh um and Uh he i just don't trust him i just
1: don't trust i can't i can't wait until we get to what we're watching and we see how you watch the quadrilogy this week to to learn about your enemy you want to become your enemy (laughs) that's uh, what you <laughs> movies zero, to be like how can i kill shay <laughs> our
0: uh, our friend of the show rick he was also uh letting us know that uh he he will be very upset if scream does not win and he also uh dressed up uh <laughs> for halloween for his workplace as um, yeah, Drew Barrymore, uh, right? Yeah, I
1: think her name was Casey. No, what was it again? Yeah, it was Casey. Uh, yeah, Casey Becker, that's it, man. Yeah.
0: That's it. Topic of the show this week, it is today, as of today, the one year anniversary of the launch of Apple TV Plus. So, we're going to go over the last year of Apple TV Plus, talk about the highs, talk about the lows, and talk about why, kind of low key, it's probably one of the best streaming services to be part of this year. So, we're going to talk about that later in the show. Uh, But, right for right now, we're going to get into some news and we're going to hold off on our news jingle just out of respect. Uh, for our first news story. Sean Connery, Oscar winner and James Bond star, dies at 90. This is coming from Richard Natal and Minori uh, Rivendran of Variety. Sean Connery, the Scottish-born actor who rocketed to fame as James Bond and became one of the franchise's most popular and endearing international stars, has died. He was 90. Connery, long regarded as one of the best actors to have portrayed the iconic spy was knighted by Queen Elizabeth II in, two, uh, sorry, in 2000 and marked his 90th birthday in August. His death was confirmed by his family, who said that the actor died peacefully in his sleep surrounded by his family in the Bahamas. It's believed he had been unwell for some time. His last acting role had been in Stephen Norrington's The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen in 2003. Connery was an audience favorite for more than 40 years and one of the screen's most reliable and distinctive leading men. The actor was recently bo- voted the best James Bond actor in an August radio times poll in the UK, more than 14,000 voted and Connery claimed 56% of the votes. Um, across the the movie worlds, we've seen different producers and directors and actors kind of sharing their memories of him from Nicholas Cage to the, the broccoli family to, um, to Daniel Craig and Pierce Brosnan. Um, what do you guys think about this? Uh, Shay, I'm going to kick it over to you to start. Um, do you have any memories of Sean Connery in different movies? And yeah, we'll take it from there.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I grew up watching, you know, the, the James Bond films and my grandpa, my grandfather was a huge, uh, fan of the Sean Connery movies. So we used to have them, I think on Laserdisc, um, and we would watch them a lot. And, uh, you know, growing up seeing this iconic character, you know, James Bond is there, there were how many films in that 26 films in, I think, or is the next one 25? Yeah.
0: I think it's 26 films now.
1: Yeah, so it's it's just a wild experience, and uh, Sean Connery was one of the greatest. I I, ver- I very much remember watching The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen a lot. And um, I, it's, <laughs> I, Here's the thing: I, I was what 12 years old at the time, so you have to excuse what was a bad movie for me at that time because it like League of Extraordinary League of Extraordinary Gentlemen looked like every movie coming out at that time. Like there was Van Helsing that came out, I think, the year after. Yeah, so there were all these like really cheap cgi monster movies and for some reason the league of extraordinary gentlemen was always on pay-per-view and we had i think like illegal satellite or whatever i'm exposing my whole family here and it was just (laughs) always at this address and this was the time that we did it and i think it was just always on tv so i'd you know come home after school and i put it on and i'm like oh wow there's sean connery and you know growing up watching that and thinking back to it now and how much he hated that film and the fact that it you know, made him no longer one of them two movies. It, it says a lot. So it, it's, um, you know what he was, he was, he was, one of the greats and uh, it sucks to see him go, but it was one of those things when I found out I wasn't devastated by it or too sad by it because it was almost like one of those. Okay. It felt like his time had come.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, just to confirm as well too, just to correct us uh, bond 25 is no time to die.
1: Yes, So had a feeling.
0: The, okay. Yeah, so 25, 25 films then.
2: Um Perfect. Anthony, how about you? Yeah, um, growing up, I always, you know, watching um, Sean Connery films, it was always this uh, interesting, he always played these interesting characters and grow, seeing him play James Bond and then moving on to doing uh, more serious roles and going into The Untouchables and then seeing him do more action content, which was like The Rock and uh, The Hunt for Red October and... I always considered him one of those, um, uh, like those those actors that bring substance to the film. Uh, so when you see him play these characters, you know that this was going to be a good movie. And even for the, you know, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the only reason I watched that was because it was Sean Connery in it. Um, but he had those amazing performances, like Finding Forrester, um, as well as his his portrayal in Untouchables, which we all know oh, won him phenomenal. an Academy Award. Um, yep. it, and Indiana Jones, like that's a huge, yep. huge mm-hmm. character in Indiana Jones that I I will always remember. And Sean Connery, he ha- he had his controversies, and he stopped acting at I think in two thousand and seven. I think that was his or. Two thousand and three. Two thousand and three was his last movie. Yeah, he, he did. did right. He did some, I think, voice work. But- voice work. But um, an interesting fellow. He was like the last part of that, you know, classic film era. You know, one movie that we don't talk about that he's been in that was directed by um, uh, the horror director. His name is da 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 Chubby dude with. Um,
0: <laughs> but what's the name of the movie, though? I'm trying to think.
2: I'm yeah. oh like, oh, dude. Like, Guillermo I'll del
0: Toro. To la- no. um, I'll come back to
2: it later. No, I'll come back to it later. But yeah, it's just he had like an amazing career, and I, it's sad that he passed. But you know, he had a long life, and you know, wherever he is, rest in peace. Yeah. Amen. Um, yeah. I mean, when we think, yeah, I think of him, I, I think
0: of untouchables. I think of James Bond, obviously. And, you know, last crusade, like Indiana Jones, the last mm-hmm. crusade was one of my favorite films growing up. I used to love watching that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he was fantastic. And he, and he famously did not want to accept the role of a, Indiana Jones's father because he was only like something like I think 12 or 15 years older than Harrison Ford. So he was like, no, one's going to believe this, but he did such a great job at it that you, you believed it. And he's so funny. And so like, so like smart and cunning and you believe like yeah this is the man who raised indiana jones you Mm -hmm. know so he was Mm -hmm. great and he'll be he'll definitely be missed but 90 years that's a that's a hell of a life a hell of a legacy to leave behind so yeah he'll definitely be missed uh anthony do you have the name of that movie for us before i move on no
2: i'll come back to it i'm trying to find it all
0: right all right moving on with with the news this week a live action assassin's creed series is coming to netflix this is coming from yusuf uh, mcguide of ubisoft Uh, assassin's creed is coming to streaming services and no we're not talking about xcloud or luna a brand new live action assassin's creed series is coming to netflix the deal includes multiple different series the first of which will be a genre bending live action epic while the others will be animated and anime adaptations the live action series is currently searching for a showrunner ubisoft film and television's jason altman and danielle uh, kreniak will serve as executive producers for more than 10 years millions of fans around the world have helped shape the assassin's creed brand into an iconic franchise jason altman head of ubisoft film and television uh los angeles he said we're thrilled to create an assassin's creed series with netflix and we look forward to developing the saga the next saga in the assassin's creed universe uh We're no strangers to an Assassin's Creed uh, live action adaptation. Of course, Uh, a few years ago, we got that absolutely not good uh, version with Michael Fassbender, uh, which for some reason was like, hey, you know what parts we really want to focus on in this historical epic movie? The parts in the present day, for some reason. Um, (laughs) uh, Sorry, Anthony, what do you think about this?
2: Well, when you sent it through the chat, I'm like, is this going to be live action or is this going to be like uh, some sort of computer animated or cartoon that um, I don't know. I'm just surprised that it's going to be on Netflix. It, I'm not a big fan of you know the Assassin's Creed uh, franchise, but I know the last movie was absolutely horrible from what you guys have told me. I haven't seen it. Um but yeah, like I'm interested to see what Netflix can pull out and and what they can kind of what tale they can tell and what period they would um, pick to to tell an Assassin's Creed storyline. Um, I just hope they do it really well.
0: Yeah, I mean that was that was the biggest thing, right? I mean, back in March or April when we were doing our Most Wanted live action movies of video games uh video game movies assassin's creed was one of the top ones on my list um and i I said like i'd rather have this as a series so it's so cool to see this coming as a series and also i think of how netflix has handled the witcher which is really loved right now um so it gives me more hope shay what about you i know um, like my like myself, I'm a huge Assassin's Creed fan. I know you're a big fan as well too. What do you think about this news? I,
1: I think um, I, th- I think we have talked about this before, and it, it all comes down to this would do better as a series, and um, I think Netflix has a good hand on this. They uh, what's the word like they they at least will try their best to to stick to the formula of it. I I know that when Assassin's Creed the movie was coming out, and that that news came that oh this is gonna be mostly in the present day and i was like well that's not good because (laughs) like from the beginning they gave us that red flag you know and we're like oh but that's literally the worst parts of the game but sure i guess so to be honest with you it's even worse that all i remember from that movie is the modern day i don't did they even go to the past you know Um, in the
0: movie yeah they did they did but it was very briefly and it was for very random moments and It's uh, awful. it wasn't handled well and and my question is like is this going to be in the universe assassin's creed like so it's going to have the same canon as the games or are we going like hey let's tell the story of the games again but in live action and have different twists and turn are we going to bring back like desmond and Ezio and like these characters so i'm I'm just like what direction are you choosing to go here
1: I have a feeling that, it, that, like, my opinion, I think it's going to be just another character, you know, with Abstergo and the Animus, just kind of around that idea. Um, I don't I, 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 don't think they're going to, sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say, do you? what do you want, though? Because me, like, as much as I'd rather them not have to worry about all the bullshit from the game. Like, I say bullshit in a loving way. Like, yes. don't worry about all the stuff in the games. I'd rather, like, just like The Witcher, I'd rather them be like, hey, you know what? we're going to tell our own tale in this universe. Yeah. You may see some familiar characters, but this is our take on them. I'd rather Mm -hmm. that than try and have this cross media storytelling of here's a story of the movie. And there's a show because the movie was technically in the world of the show is as the games as well too. Right. So it's like, I'd rather, I'd rather them not have to have the baggage of the games and just be like, you know what, let's just,
2: let's just do our own thing. What 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 period would you want this show to take place?
1: Like the live uh, action parts, or the um, or the old school parts? The old school parts. Hmm. I want to I see love, something with I, the Japanese Empire.
0: Oh man, I don't think I don't think they'd start
1: there, though. No, they wouldn't start there. No, they did want to start something familiar, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I think yeah. that we'd either see like um, something in like. Like if we're if we're going by the games I think we'd I don't know if they'd want to start at the very beginning I'd rather them start with something that would kind of get fans excited I'd love to see like 1500s Italy let's see like yes. that Ezio time period you know because I think yeah. you could build the lore of the show without having to start at the very beginning and then jump to different time periods but I, would, I just love that you know let's let's go to Venice let's go to Rome let's go to these places Florence that are these thriving economies in that time in the world and just see what they really were like at
2: that time. I think that'd be really cool. And a lot of those, like those sets are already there still. Right. So they can, those those locations just kind of change the, the aesthetic to them to make them look a little bit older, but yeah. yeah. Um, But I'm,
0: I'm excited. When do you guys predict this will come to Netflix? 2023?
1: Yeah. Yeah. 2022 or 23.
2: I'm going to say 2022. I, I think it's long ago. They move pretty They're fast for film.
0: Yeah, yeah, they do. It's true. But I, I, mean, like, if there's not even a showrunner yet, is there any scripts yet? So, like, I'm just thinking, like, mm-hmm. we we look at the we've been waiting for a Splinter Cell game from Tom Hardy for <laughs> when they announced it. What like 2014? I think they announced it, and it still right. hasn't even shot anything. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: with with Netflix being attached, I'm inclined to believe it more. But it's one of those things. I'll believe it when it's
2: on my Netflix queue, with, ready for me to watch. So I found the uh, movie. I don't want to. Oh God! What is it? It was it was Marnie. Alfred Hitchcock's Marnie. So it was Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, okay. yeah, that's the, the chubby director. That's kind yeah. Of- oh, you of, like that chubby uh, horror that. director.
0: I'm like oh, okay. and he's a horror
2: director. Um,
0: what was Not the name bad. of the movie that we were recently looking up on IMDb with Anthony? That he's like oh yeah, it was this movie. It was like I think two weeks ago. And he, yeah, I'm, it was like
1: nowhere it. Oh yeah, it was uh, the was it the Kurt Russell film? I think it was like L- long time no talk or something like that.
0: <laughs> something that Anthony's like, yeah, this is the name, but it was nowhere near the name of the yeah, he Patrick, was like, oh, Patrick, was Patrick
1: Swayze. Patrick Swayze, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was that's Patrick Sweezy. And uh, was it um, was it Wesley Snipes in too Yeah, Wesley Snipes was, was it? Yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it sounds all made up right now. Uh, no. Moving on with the news, Oscar Isaac is in to- Oscar Isaac is in talks to star in Moon Knight series at Disney Plus. This is coming from Joe Otterson of Variety. Oscar Isaac is in talks to star as star in the Marvel series Moon Knight at Disney Plus. Variety has learned. Moon Knight tells the story of Mark uh, Spector, an elite soldier and mercenary who decides to fight crime after he becomes the human avatar of Khonshu, the Egyptian god of the moon. Uh, the role would mark a return of sorts for to Marvel for Isaac, who previously starred in X Men Apocalypse, though that film was released prior to Marvel acqu- uh, reacquiring the film rights to the X Men franchise. Isaac is also no stranger to working with Disney, as he recently starred in the Star Wars trilogy as a Resistance fighter Poe Dameron. Marvel had no comment. So there's not a lot to pull from this. This is kind of we've been seeing a lot of different actors that could uh, potentially be attached in this role. We saw like Nick Kroll. And I think Shia LaBeouf and like, there was even, I think Daniel Radcliffe was um, in the name was being thrown around too. But uh, again, nothing kind of flat out confirmed here, but Oscar Isaac in the MCU, I'm
1: down for it. Shay, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think, um, I mean, anything this guy does, you know, Mr. Isaac and uh, I'm there for it. I think he's so phenomenal. um, And, you know, coming to the MCU this time, properly and, and now not as um apocalypse but even though that wasn't mcu that was still marvel uh i'm uh i, I would love to see this because he's just he's great he he blends into every character that he does and he gives it his all so why not i mean i know there's yeah. a lot of names being kind of tossed around this role so we'll we'll have to see what ends up happening but i think this is a great path to go down
0: yeah and uh, mm-hmm. we saw this week too that uh director was our showrunner has also been added as well. So. Seems like we're getting closer, um, Anthony. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think it's great casting. Um, Oscar Isaac is a phenomenal actor. He's he's really when he takes on a role, he really does a great job with it. Um, and I see him it's as a charisma Moon Knight. Like when I when I look at him and look at his face and his character, I can see him pulling off the Moon Knight. Um, comic character and Moon Knight is he is a complicated superhero he is almost you know he deals justice to the point of death and he does have this entity within him that's very on the borderline psychotic so you you I think Oscar Isaac can pull that from his characters that he's played in the past yeah definitely movies
0: yeah he has like he has like uh a charisma tim but you also see there's a crazy side which you, you see a lot in ex machina where it's like yeah he's playing very calm and composed but you could tell that there's this this something inside of him that will just yeah. snap as well too so yeah, yeah this is exciting it's uh, honestly like I'm I'm so excited just more more so right now on the the series slate for MCU because like with WandaVision and this and She-Hulk like it's and uh Miss Marvel like there's gonna be some really Awesome characters coming into the fold very soon in the MCU. Uh, wrapping up the news this week, Amazon argues users don't actually own purchased purchase Prime Video content. This is coming from Ashley Collins of The Hollywood Reporter. When an Amazon Prime Video user buys content on the platform, what they're really paying for is limited license for on-demand viewing over an indefinite period of time. And they're warned of that in the company's terms of use. That's the company's argument for why a lawsuit over hypothetical future uh, deletions of content should be dismissed. In April, Amanda called uh, Caldell sued Amazon for unfair competition and false advertising. She claimed the company's secret uh, secretly reserves the right to end customers access to content purchased through its prime video service. She filled her putative class action uh, on behalf of herself and any California resident who purchased video content through the service between April 25th, 2016 to present. On Monday, Amazon Amazon filed a motion to dismiss her complaint. Amazon, Amazon uh, filed a motion to dismiss her complaint, arguing that she lacks stand, uh, standing to sue because she hasn't been injured, and noting that she's purchased 13 titles on Amazon Prime since filing her complaint. Further, Amazon argues that the site's required user agreement explained that some content may later become unavailable. So I know there's a lot to kind of pull from that, I wanted to talk to you guys right now because we are in a very digital future. I think about how we purchase movies now, how we purchase streaming uh, subscriptions. And in just two weeks from today, we're purchasing PlayStation 5s that do not have the ability of playing games from a disc. We, we all, three of us, purchased the digital edition. Mm-hmm. Where are you guys right now with how digital ownership, uh, kind of, how are you guys feeling about di- digital ownership Are you scared of one day of everything you own just disappearing? Is that too dystopian? Do you think that's going to happen? I'm going to get Shay to start off this conversation.
1: Uh, Look, here's the thing. I, I took my, I I think I took the longest out of us three to kind of get onto the digital train. And a lot of it came from that, you know, that fear of, okay, well, what if one day this just like, I don't actually own any of these things. I know for a fact that, you know, one day this will go whereas my physical collection will always be with me as long as it's literally in my in my grasp um, but you know now for convenience I I've, I've kind of made that uh, that that piece with it that like hey if one day something happens okay it's it's whatever but also I know I'm investing in a company because uh, I buy all my digital films through iTunes I know that I'm investing in a company that at least, I think we'll be okay for the next foreseeable future because it's Apple at the end of the day. Now I can speak firsthand. I had um, uh, a lot of, you know, Blu-rays that came with digital codes for ultraviolet, which I believe went through Flixster or I I don't know what Mexico went through, but, but at the end of the day, there were still ultraviolet copies and ultraviolet just was it three years ago, shut down all the way. So they had to then migrate all their films over to guess what? Google Play, and you know all the respect to Google Play. It's not what I want to use to watch movies, and I and I have about I think like twenty or thirty movies on there that that kind of transferred over, um, but it's it's not the most friendly system I have. So you know that kind of fear still lives, but luckily since I know that I'm investing in iTunes, I I have a little bit more faith that I'm a bit more future proof than than others with because I've seen people who you know will be like, no, I'll never buy from iTunes, I'm only gonna buy Google Play videos, or I'm only gonna buy Ultraviolet. And it's like, okay, well look at where you are now.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, what was that other one where um people could purchase I re- I remember when Batman vs Superman was coming out and like people could order from oh man, I'm I'm blanking on the name of the company, but like I think they had some type of exclusive like extras. Like, oh yeah, if you order through this um uh, movie something like movie site or you'll get Mm -hmm. this extra and it's like now that company doesn't exist and it sucks and it's that's the reality of like a digital future but are you going to go with convenience to have it anywhere like i love the fact that if i buy a movie one i have a family sharing account so like my family gets access to it i could watch it on any of my TVs. i love that but also for some reason if my internet's down that day I can't watch something or I can't play something. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony, what about you? What, how are you feeling? You were the first, Anthony, I think, uh, between us to kind of be in that digital arena with purchasing content. So where are you with uh, your digital future?
2: Well, you know, when you're, for me, when I started purchasing, the idea was let's get rid of the, the clutterness of you know uh, physical media around your house and make it more convenient and accessible um, being digital. And buying from a source that you know you trusted and you know they were going to be there for a while. So, a lot of my content or all of my content is on iTunes. What my perception was when I purchased my content that I was purchasing the content, I wasn't purchasing the license to the content, which Amazon mm-hmm. is like saying that, well, it's in the terms of the con- you know, agreements, which is, it's not the. That's not right. Like, even though it's written, it's not law. When you pay, you know, thirty dollars for a movie, you that's your movie. Mm. If if the company goes, the company goes. But you can't say that. Well, no, you're paying for a license. Then then I'll just pirate it. Then, like, why wouldn't Mm. I just pirate it? That's that's a huge issue that. A lot of people don't know. They don't. They don't know. And I again, I still don't know. I don't know if the content that I'm buying from iTunes is a licensed content or is that actually my copy until the company you know flips over, which is right. very doubtful. But Amazon's coming under the the realm of no. It's just a license, and if we decide not to have this movie on here on our platform anymore and we remove it, you're out of that money. But we'll have it. See, that that idea is wrong because if I give you thirty dollars for a movie and you take it off the platform you still have my thirty dollars it's not like you're returning it to me
0: for sure that's, and, that's, and and that's a fear right I think I think there needs to be some type of legislation passed where it's mm-hmm. like okay I'm investing into this digital space what are you doing what are people doing to protect companies it. doing to steal protect this for me and i think there needs to be a lot more clear outlines made hopefully in the future we'll see that done because again two weeks from now we're getting playstation 5s that do not have an ability to take a disc no matter what we do no matter how many times you throw a disc at it it's not taking it so what are you doing to protect um that experience and protect the purchases that we invest in that
2: system digital media is the future like that is it is the future I bought my content that way because I wanted to have access to it immediately at all times and the highest quality out there. So this idea of just, you're just paying for a license is not going to fly for a lot of consumers who who are going to be moving this route. Mm -hmm. Also for environmental reasons, like think about the environmental, like, cause that you know you're you don't have to pay for a disc, you don't have to pay for plastic, all that content. It's it's gonna disappear and it's gonna help with a lot of you know environmental needs. And that alone is a huge factor too. So definitely. We'll see where it goes. I mean it's gonna be an interesting sketchy man. I don't know man. Like, <laughs> just, like, they're great for like buying those little things and they have like prime video but like their sketchiness is just unbelievable sometimes it's like fuck you i I just want to i just (laughs) want i just want to i want go
0: i just want clarity you know i just want clarity like be upfront. i i get terms and conditions sure but just be transparent like protect your customers because if i know no matter what my content is safe then i'm going to be inclined to spend more yeah right i think it just comes down to that um new dates this week no new movie dates but i thought this one was a nice one to add john candy day proclaimed in toronto for late actor 70th birthday this is coming from ryan parker of the hollywood reporter john candy would have turned 70 on halloween and to celebrate his life and legendary talent the city of toronto is proclaiming october 31st john candy day mayor john tory made the announcement thursday via social media tomorrow will be john candy day in toronto It's our way of remembering a beloved actor and comedian with roots in Toronto, proud to help honor the legacy of John Candy on what would have been his 70th birthday. Um, John Candy is obviously something that we spoke about that we have spoken about many times on the show. Um, His roles are so iconic and so beloved. um, And he has a huge history in the city of Toronto with being like part owner of the Argonauts. And just really, I think in the time of like the eighties where you, you saw so many Canadian talent, um comedy especially coming to the forefront with, like through SNL and his films like um The Great Outdoors and Home Alone and uh my Uncle god Buck. like uh, Uncle Buck and and John and John used anything and really Plane, Trains Strange Automobiles one of my favorites um Spaceballs all of that like he really helped i think put tr- uh Canada and Toronto on the map for a lot of the world so uh he's definitely missed and that's awesome! That I think we're uh, having a day kind of dedicated to him.
2: Mm. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I grew up with John Candy, so I, I'm I'm really pleased that they're doing this to honor his legacy. He he passed away so so suddenly, and you know we have all these memories of him in these great movies, and uh, he's a Canadian treasure. So it's uh, it's nice that we um, have this uh, this day to remember him.
0: Yeah. I mean, he was only 43 years old. So, I mean, yeah. but he's he's kind of in my head, like, he's always kind of like, when I hear it, he was going to be 70, I'm like, oh my God, like, in my head, he's always like the planes, trains and automobiles, John Candy or the Uncle Buck John Candy. He's always like that fun uncle, you know, he's, I think the uncle that everybody would want. So, um, yeah, he's definitely missed, uh, but let's get some trailers,
1: trailers, trailers, trailers. That was more scary than I expected. That's a little scared. It's okay.
0: We're we're, we're post Halloween. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we got a a bunch of new trailers this week. Uh, I'll just read the list and we'll talk about some of them. Uh, Halloween Kills, Songbird, Stardust, The Midnight Sky, and Selena. Uh, Those are a bunch of different trailers, not just one really long movie title. Um, One interesting one that I wanted to start off with. Halloween Kills. We got another, I guess, a, a proper teaser trailer this time. After getting a teaser trailer last summer and now this movie is coming out next Halloween. It was supposed to be this year, but obviously with everything it got pushed. Um What did you guys think of this, uh, I guess, first official look at
2: Halloween Kills?
1: Um, I thought it was pretty dope. I mean, um, you know, it looked cool.
2: Yeah, it also like annoyed me a bit in the sense that <laughs> I wanted to watch it, you know, like this movie's done. I want to watch it and yeah. I got to wait like 2021 to watch this and it was yeah. just annoying I believe a bit
0: I believe they shot Halloween kills and Halloween ends together they so, did, yeah, it
1: was back to back
0: so technically both movies are pretty much done <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: like, Damn. They're, not, they're, not hard, they're not hard films to I guess make and not, I'm not trying to take away from the, the directing process but in terms of visual effects and location it's usually within a neighborhood you know
0: right right Um, any other trailers stand out for you guys this week
2: uh, I like Stardust, which was uh, the David Bowie biopic. Is
0: that it? Yeah, yeah. Stardust, it and that's coming out at the end of the month. End of the month, yeah. uh, I believe it's coming to different streaming platforms, um, like to to rent and to purchase. But yeah, I mean, it's cool to see a, a David Bowie biopic. This was at, I believe, at uh, one of the festivals this year or last year. But yeah, we got that. We got another look at Selena, which is great too. Which is coming to Netflix in December. So a lot of content to look forward to uh, for the rest of
2: the year. I thought Midnight Sky, which is um, George Clooney film, was interesting. It was. Um, it is a. It is a, a space type of movie that reminded me of Tomorrowland meets Oblivion. Kind of interesting. Kind of like has has that vibe to it. Um, it is a Netflix co- uh, show or movie, correct? I believe uh, so. I'm not, I'm not too sure, yeah. Yeah, I think so. It is. Yes, it is. Um, I haven't seen. And George, George Clooney, Clooney is directing it too. Yeah, he is. I haven't seen George Clooney in a while, so seeing him pop up like this, it's uh, it's good to to see his face in the in a movie again. Uh, but yeah, for me, that would be the the you know the trailers that I'm looking forward to.
0: Yeah, um, Selena, out this week. I, Oh, just sorry,
2: go just ahead. on Selena, uh, Selena. I don't know where they're going with the Selena show. I don't know how many episodes, how many seasons they're going to go because we all know the end result of Selena. But I don't know how much they could pull from this character. I'm, I'm suspecting it's going to be a two to three season, no, or limited season, uh, show. What do you guys think?
1: I think yeah, a miniseries would probably
2: do it. Do you think? Do you think it'll be more than one season, though? I don't. I, I don't. I. The way they they cut the trailer it seemed like they were going to be diving into building her 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 band and building becoming the singer, and there might be a lot of like younger days before she became, you know, this pop star. But she died really so young, so I, I she don't did. know how how much they can really tell.
0: So I'm reading right now that yeah, she was only 23. Oh my god. Um, so part one of the series is going to be December 4th and it's nine episodes. So I don't know if there's a part. uh, I don't know how many parts it is because we've seen Netflix do like part one, part two, part three, part four. I don't know if it's going to be more than how many parts it's going to be, but nine episodes. uh, It should be interesting. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I'm I'm curious. I I really like Selena. Um, I liked the Jennifer Lopez movie as well too, growing up. So we'll see, um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, out this week, uh, we have "Let Him Go," which the three of us have watched. And since that's the only thing out this week, let's dive into our review of "Let Him Go." Um, Anthony, what's this movie about?
2: This is it, it's such a complicated plot, but the story takes place—I um, want to say—Wyoming, and it's the story of a family that tragically loses um, their son, and the son's widow. Remarries to a f- another family that is, we'll say, criminals, almost like a gang. <laughs> um, yeah, and just a bad, something. She- I don't like a
0: cult. Like, yeah, it almost feels like a cult.
2: Bad family, and they're worried. The fa- the uh, Kevin Costner and uh, Diane Lane play the the mother-in-law and father-in-law to this this girl who who just recently lost her husband. And she also has a son with her and they're worried for their grandson because they feel that, they're, that their grandson is going to be um, somewhat hurt or taken advantage of and brought up in a way that they don't want. So they go on a mission to rescue their grandson and bring him home. I hope that synopsis is good enough. It is such a complicated tale because it's not... The son, it's the son's wife.
0: Yeah, but they're going There's after no basically their grand, their grandson, and their daughter-in-law, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because it's Kevin Costner at Zion Lane, so it looks and, and like on living on a farm, so it feels very like Man of Steel ish. Like it literally, when I first saw the trailer, I'm like, this kind of feels like a is this like deleted scenes from man of steel or something like that? But um, I really like the tension that this movie builds. Um, One of the things that um, I was talking to you guys about is that a lot of the film, like we're not spoiling everything, anything obviously, but it gave me a lot of vibes of how I felt watching nocturnal animals where you just feel that I can't, I helpless angry, that dread, like you just know that there's things happening that you can't control. And Mm -hmm. I hate that feeling. Uh, but also when you, when a movie is able to make you feel that it's like, wow, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. I think, I think Kevin Costner and Diane Lane, um, their performances are are solid in it. It's, it's what you expect from them. They're very, uh, they're good at what they do and they, and they help push the, the story along. And it's basically them just really trying to like, find a way of getting their grandson and their daughter-in-law out of that culty, scary ass family. Um, and it's interesting, one, one of the story choices in this film, like, making it set in the 50s or 60s, it's interesting because that doesn't, I don't feel that plays too much into the story as much mm-hmm. other than the lack of technology, because there's a lot of films that we see nocturnal animals being one of them that are kind of set in more of the southern states where have similar plot lines to this, and it's like the the time period is, is interesting because I this is believable to be happening now too. You know? But I it was an interesting story choice that maybe they just wanted to do that just to to make it feel or like to to follow what the book did or I, I think this I think this film could be... basically what I'm saying is this film could have been set during any time period and it would have played out a very similar way. Mm-hmm. You know uh, what? Shea, what did you think about this movie? Oh sorry, no, go ahead. Anything, and then, go ahead
2: sorry. The the time period it I think it sets the tone of like just the area that they're in, I think they're in Dakota, not Wyoming, Dakota, um, and it just sets the tone for their characters as well. Because their characters, you know, the Kevin Costner plays a retired cop, Diane, Diane Lane plays, you know, a horse. Um, I, I want to say like a horse whisperer, or almost like something like that. Like she yeah. she she manages horses on a farm, so you you have to and. During that time period, especially in those types of eras, there's there's a lot of crime that goes on without knowing. And they always have like this creepy vibe to them because there's the, it's a town against them, you know? It's a whole town. Yes, it's not like this sure. one killer or one person. It reminded me of something that I would have seen written by um, his, uh, Tyler Sheridan. Something 100%. Like, yes. Like,
0: yeah, definitely 100%. had that vibe
2: because it's so character driven and this, the plot is so simple, but it's so tense and it's, and it's really good. Like Diane Lane and Kevin Costner, their chemistry together are fantastic.
1: Yeah. I remember, uh, I remember mentioning to Daniel after, after I watched it, I'm like, it gave me a lot of vibes from wind river, you yeah. know? And obviously that's also uh, Taylor Sheridan as well. Um, the way I, that I found this film was it, it was very tense. You're absolutely right. But it was also just, it that the simplicity of the movie kind of just made it easy to watch like i didn't have to think too hard about oh my god where's this gonna go and you know you could have spent more time on developing these other characters but i think that when they drop you kind of into this world you're just kind of like oh I, i i get it like this is this is bad this is good uh these characters they pretty much run this town so let's just kind of go with it. And I, and I got vibes from games like red dead redemption, obviously mm-hmm. because of the horses and you just see the, the, this family that, you know, controls so much in this area. Um, and, and I think everyone, yeah, the wee the boys, right. And I think when you look at it, they, they all, everyone in this movie does such a great job. And, uh, they introduce these like side characters here and there, but you know, just like Anthony, so just like Danielly mentioned, it the time period isn't significant. Um, the only time I really felt it, honestly, is when they're at the diner because that really had that you know fifties, sixties diner vibe to it. But um, I, I can imagine that there are probably diners like that in these states that are probably present day. Um, whether that would have helped the narrative or not, it it didn't seem to make a difference, but uh, very tense, very good. I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. I I just really dug the performances and I just love that, you know, there, there's some, there's some really um, beautiful shots in this film and especially the use of mirrors, which I think is really interesting because I think Mm -hmm. these characters spend so much time kind of thinking back and reflecting on the life they had before their son passed away. And, I think they're just trying to think, look to the future and things like that now too. And I think this film, um, really surprised me. Again, I wasn't expecting to really, um, be as taken by it as it Mm -hmm. did. And I, and I, and and that's great. And I, this is a really great movie and to give our, our movie, the movie podcast suggestion on this, I would definitely say it's a watch it. Um, I'm going to kick it over to Shay. What do you think?
1: I, I'd say it's a watch it as well. I'd say it's it's not meant for everybody, but it, if you can get through a slow burn that has enough tense moments to kind of keep you gripped, uh, it, it's definitely a watch it.
2: And Anthony, also, take
1: us home. Also a watch it
2: for me. I really enjoyed <laughs> awesome. it. I thought I was really invested in the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I for one was really invested in the time period. <laughs> I know you guys are serious. <laughs> no no.
0: It's not that I didn't <laughs> no, like the time yeah. period. I
2: just I just felt it didn't make too much of a difference. But
0: I I like the right. time period it was set in. It's not like exactly. I hate same a
2: time period. Um, yeah, same year. But yeah, I, I I really liked it, and I think w- the mother who played uh, Blanche Leslie Manville. She did such a great yeah. job of playing this yeah. this woman who's the mother of this wee boy clan who who's yep. just just there's something with her and she did such a great job yeah. with it.
0: man british people playing these southern characters there's always terrifying me because they're so good at doing the accident you believe it right you believe that she's been living in that house for like 60 years and that she owns everything but like and then mm-hmm. i was kind of looking her up after i'm like oh it's her okay yeah yeah. Um, something else we all watched this week too that is back for its second season we watched the mandalorian uh so season two episode one first episode of the series that is directed by john favreau who is the creator and producer of the show um i like I'll, I'll start it off i really love this episode i think that this episode was the is kind of like the fulfillment of what i want the show to be where it's kind of like this yes we're it's a western we're going kind of place to place to try and progress the story. And I, I felt like this was almost like a a bigger budget, almost like reset of like what's come before where it's like, okay, we're, we're on the way where this, yes, the first season had a lot of just kind of, I feel like throwaway episodes, especially episodes four, five, and six. Uh, but what I thought this episode re- did really well was the way the action was shot and obviously Favreau having his background in like the Iron Man films and things like that you he, i think he really knows how to shoot some really nice action scenes um and i just kind of love that like we're just progressing now and kind of diving deeper into the star wars universe and getting some answers to questions that we've had about different characters for some for many years now again we're not going to go into spoilers um but I, I i really enjoy this episode and something i will kind of spoil it's not plot point but that aspect ratio change when it kind of jumps Mm -hmm. from kind of your standard letterbox to like full screen for that action in this film in this episode I'm like I dug it I felt like this episode was like yeah Daniel you're gonna dig this shit and I liked it a lot I like this is this is what I want this show to be and I think it's it's hopefully starting to kind of go on that pace Um, Anthony I'm gonna kick it over to you to give your thoughts
2: yeah I just leading up to or continue what you were saying related to that letterbox i thought that was the best part of the of the show and i think i really enjoyed the full screen uh aspect ratio than the letterbox aspect ratio i felt like i got more out of this move out of the show um especially there was a scene with uh timothy timothy oliphant's character which it just looked fantastic in full screen and I've, I'm like, they should just do this whole show like this. It's <laughs> even yeah. more grander look. Because I feel like the show is literally, they're in a desert or they're, it doesn't have this feeling of hugeness. The scale. It, the right? scale doesn't feel the same. And they're always back in Tatooine. So it's it's always small and desert. Or even in the beginning of this uh Episode they were at a another location, but it just felt like oh it looks like another Tatooine. These buildings are all the same level, and you know, again there's right desert, and it just I don't know. And that's I was nervous, and I was like, and I was up, kind of upset too. That's
0: that's one of the one things I'm like I get why story why we had to go back to Tatooine, but like at the beginning we have that like basically Mandalorian he's like pulling a Batman the way he like takes a guy out where he kind of like hangs them mm-hmm. up that way. And then when the lights go out and you see those red eyes glowing, I'm like, Oh, what? Are, that's such a dope way to open the show. And then it's like, Oh, we're going to Tatooine. I'm like, Oh damn it. Why? Like, I get that you want to, we, there's things here, but I'm like, what's, what's so important on Tatooine right now? The, and right. then we're like, Oh, okay. This is what's happening.
2: Um, um, other than that, like, so I, I felt like the first half of the show was a little slow, a little Pretty boring. I I'm not gonna lie. Yawn like th- about three times in the beginning, but once the action started, it, it picked up for me um, because it felt like they were just doing this. they they're always there's always like some sort of mission for uh, Mando to accomplish before he can get um, the task done. It's, it's
0: like <laughs> a video game. It's like oh, yeah. this is what you needed.
2: This is your quest. And Shay mentioned it. Like he, he had to grab some armor before uh, he he came across some armor that was owned by someone else and the only way to get it was to kill this uh uh, uh giant like worm. dragon dragon worm sand worm thing sand
1: dragon like, yeah.
2: there's th- this has nothing to do with the major plot of the story like what's the plot like get me to a cute like f- get me into this into the show, I want to feel like there is some sort of substance that I'm watching because I feel like they're all there's nothing there for me yet. Yeah. Um, what about you, Shay?
0: Yeah, no, uh,
2: yeah, Shay.
1: Shut up, Daniel. Uh, <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> the vodka uh, is telling you to go? No, no. Um, I was just gonna say that you know, you, you look at this and, and, um, Exactly what you said, Anthony. It's it's all about you're, you're trying to build up to this this story that how did he get the child and or uh, like who is this child and he has to deliver it. But it feels like again we're we're going to be doing planet hopping and every planet there'll be like another mini story there and he'll get a little bit more information about this child and then eventually by the the tenth episode or whatever we'll get to um, the the who the child's family is and it's while that's great. I, I don't want to sit again for another season of Star Tours, where I'm just seeing all these different planets. I want to get to what is the story about? What is the relevance of this child? What what is happening here? Because that was all season one. We got it, and I think season two to kind of start off in the same place where you're on another planet and he has to do a mission. It it was it was good in the sense of like it, it looked cool. I agree with you. The full screen aspect looked amazing. Um, you know, Timothy Oliphant, I love him. I think he's so great. All that stuff was really cool. But I still didn't feel the purpose of the show yet. I, I think a problem, one
2: challenge the show has in my eyes is that it's singly focusing the, on the Mandalorian and no one else. And even his side characters are like, there's no story. It's only him and, and there's mm-hmm. nothing happening with him. Like he's, his goal is to find, you know, baby Yoda's family, but yeah, that's it. Like that's the only goal. There's nothing that drives other motivations to get to the the point quicker. So a lot of the shows that we enjoy watching, there are other characters that help build the story while this one is just him on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that there are more like driving factors that can really pick up. Like I would have loved to cut to um, uh, Carlo Esposito's character and where, what his premises, yes. what, like, what, what did he do? Yeah imagine it opened up with him like right after his you know cutting up open the tie fighter and getting out like what where did he go what's his storyline
0: yeah and I'm sure and I'm sure obviously we're gonna get there again it was just episode one but also after the last season and knowing that he was there like I don't want him to I don't want Giancarlo Esposito's character just to be in, in it the extent that he was in season one I want him to be a big player in season two and mm-hmm. I'm hoping, as we go forward now, um, we're gonna start to get more of those answers. I think this episode laid a lot of groundwork in the sense of a very specific character that we've been wondering about for a long time, and kind of like, oh, like I think that was a really like some really cool reveals, and I'm hoping that um we spoke about last week how they're not giving out kind of review copies for the show. I'm hoping that that means there's a lot of surprises along the way and things that really start to progress the story because yeah I want to learn more about the actual Mandalorians I want to see more of his people because at the end of last season a lot of them were either killed or left right so I want to see more and I want to see more uh, unique locations as well too
2: um, I Anthony, I
1: Anthony what a- yeah sorry go ahead
2: but one thing I didn't no, no, know um, was John Leguizamo playing Gore Koresh the, the one eyed um... oh,
1: no <laughs> yeah
2: that was John Leguizamo who was uh, playing it Play him. It's so funny
1: because in the beginning the voice sounded kinda, kinda like Willem Dafoe a little bit, but I'm like, oh no, there's no way that's Willem Dafoe. But that's interesting. That it's John Leguizamo. Another interesting, interesting.
2: trivia is Timothy Olyphant's character uh, Cobb Vance, Vance, and the bartender, uh, Wequay proprietor, who's played by Earl Brown. They both starred together in Deadwood, which plays on oh, oh, the whole, awesome. like, like. Cowboy yeah. Western theme. Yeah. Like so he's like the marshal like, Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just it's so funny. It's like they still have they're they're playing on that plot line inside of um another another story.
0: Yeah. Man, he is Timothy Oliphant is a is a real good looking man, man. Like when he, he when he just kinda walked in, I'm like, damn, like he he's he's a good looking man. He could he, he could pull very, off that uh marshal. likable and unlikable. Yes, mm. he has that. He face. has like that moral, that middle ground. Like you don't know where he's going to land, right? So no. it's great. Um, Anthony,
2: what have you also have you been watching this week? So this week I've been watching quite a bit. So I started off the week with The Good Lord Bird, uh, Ethan Hawke's uh, TV series, which I really really enjoy. I put on The Devil All the Time, the Netflix uh, film that uh, you guys reviewed back in September. Um, I had the chance to watch it this week. I thought this movie was an interesting movie. I didn't know what they want like what the director wanted the viewer to take from it. Um, it was full of dread and sorrow, and there's no real person that you're rooting for. It's almost like this um it's almost like this horror that happens in, you know, again in the 50s and 60s I think it was the sixties, actually. Um and Tom Holland's character is pretty, pretty much the only one that has some sort of redemption and why he did what he had to do. Um, but yeah, one thing that I took away from it was, you know, all the, all the characters in this film they they thought they were doing God's work, and you know, they were actually doing the devil's work. And I think I would say watch it if you have a chance. It's not like something that you have to rush out to to. Hmm. to do. Um, I did not like uh uh what's his name? Robert Pattinson's character. I'm like, man, what a As piece a preacher? of shit. Yeah, like <laughs> what a piece of shit. Yeah. He he took advantage of so many people and he took advantage of Tom Holland's sister, and it's just it bothered me so much. I'm like, man, this movie bothers me. Cause I felt like I wanted to go in and like massacre everyone. Because they were all evil. <laughs> um but yeah, I would say watch it if you have the time. Um, not, th- not something that you would like have to run out and watch right away. Um, I also watched The Nest, which I don't know if I can talk about, but um, it was a good... Feel. We'll say... Yeah, we'll re- wait for the review. Uh, let him go searching. First time I watched Searching, um, I loved it. What an interesting concept to tell a story of a father looking for his missing daughter. Um, I know you guys watched it and you really, really liked it. I, th- I thought there was... Yeah, Doug uh, searching a lot. Well paced, um, very well made too. Very well made. Storyline was great. All taking it in the perception of social social aspects, like a computer watching a father dealing with um, the the loss of a of a pa- of a wife, as well as the missing child, and mm-hmm. you know, using different mediums like social media to search for it, and it's all in a perspective of. They're consistently using a computer, or some sort of technology, either a camera, a phone, and it's told in that story, in that in that way. So I really I really enjoyed it. Um put on the Scream series. So I put on Scream, Scream Two, Scream Three, and Scream Four. I thought I might as well watch it all because Scream Five is soon to come out someday. Um <laughs> I, January twenty twenty two or twenty one. I do enjoy 22. Scream. 22 scream one. And that's the first one. That's not going to be directed by West uh, Wes Craven, which is um, as we know, Wes Craven has passed and this will be directed by a new, new director team. So I'm interested to see where they go with the, the scream character. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really enjoy scream one and scream two and scream four scream three. Not so much, but you know, I had like, it's got some you. moments some moments um i felt like the brother reveal was a little you know it the, the thing with scream is it plays on horror films right so it, it mm-hmm. does make sense that one of these characters might be you know sydney's brother long lost brother which right. could happen in a horror film right i just i don't know maybe it was the characters or the whole ca- the the casting or the concept of it taking place around a film and and the film being targeted this time, it just I don't know, there was something off about it. I did like Scream Four, uh, which was the newest one, came out in twenty eleven. And I watched The Mandalorian, which I'm still not there with it was okay. Cool. Daniel's like, Shay, how about you right now? I
1: know Daniel. He loves No, me.
0: I'm just I'm just <laughs> uh I'm just Mandal- asking which I watched.
1: Um <clears throat> so, I mean, I talked about Let them Go. Uh, I also watched Get Out. I hadn't seen it probably since the theater. And honestly, I enjoyed it a lot more my, my second or I think third. I don't even know which one it was, but I really enjoyed it a lot more the the second time I watched it. Um, and I watched it with my girlfriend, so she really liked it as well. Uh, and I watched Borat once again because, you know what? It just, it was, it's kind of an easy watch for some reason. And it, for some reason, gets funnier to me every time I watch it. And it's quick to watch too, because you'll pick out other moments. You'll see people in the background that maybe were reacting differently. And, and of course, yeah, the, the Mandalorian. So no, not too much this week.
0: Cool. Yeah, same with me. I will also re-watch Borat this week. Uh, we spoke about Mandalorian already. In honor of Sean Connery, I watched The Untouchables. I watched 1917, just because I haven't watched it since uh, the theaters. Oh, well, since we watched it, the three of us together in January. Uh, one of our last <laughs> times in the movie theaters. And I watched last night Crawl, which is uh, produced by Sam Raimi. Uh, I've, we've spoken about it on the show before. It's about... Uh, takes place in Florida during a hurricane and this girl has to go check on her father um, who's not responding to any phone calls and basically the whole, whole area is flooding and she's looking for her dad. She finds him in the crawl space underneath their house and turns out there's some crocodiles down there too. And it's all about them trying to survive getting out of the, the crawl space and out of the hurricane and to safety. It's a really fun movie. And it was just yeah, it was. I'm like yeah, this this is a good movie to watch on Halloween. Have you guys seen Crawl yet?
2: Not yet. No. Uh, Yes, I I watched it. Yeah, I watched it about two months ago, two and a half months ago. Did you like it, Anthony? Um, Yeah, I thought it was interesting. It it wasn't um, like one of my. I I I wasn't blown away from it, but it just really good good reviews. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it was a good time. I just you know I could see this actually happening. In Florida, you know, oh, definitely. When there are floods there, and you know, these alligator, crocodiles or alligators, crocodiles, oh, like yeah. crocodiles out there, and they're they're hunting. Yeah, I can see that happening.
0: I don't understand the purpose of crocodiles. You know, like I don't. Why do we need them? If you know why we need crocodiles, let us know. Because I'm just, I'm just very confused. Historic animals. Why, why they, they still like, around? You know. These damn water dinosaurs still hanging out.
2: It's like those, um, gi- those giant hornets. Like, what's the purpose of them? They don't, <laughs>
0: Why? They don't have Why do any, these exist? like,
2: do they provide any environmental purpose? No, they don't. They just... They don't. Evilness around the world.
0: So let's get into well, our topic of the show this week. Of course, as we said at the, the beginning of the show... Apple TV Plus has turned one years old today. So it's been 365 days of Apple TV Plus. Most people who have who have Apple TV Plus have had it for free. Um, Shane, I want to get you to start off with what have been your favorite Apple TV Plus shows or movies so far in the last year?
1: (sighs) Huh. Well, I mean, Ted Lasso definitely uh, stands out to me as, as something that really, really surprised me. I remember when, when Apple TV first came out, you know, we really had to go off of the morning show. And we were all looking forward to the morning show because you're, you're telling me you're going to get Jennifer Aniston, Steve Carell, and Reese Witherspoon. And, you know, they all have really good comedic timing in one show together. And then you start watching the show and you're like, oh, my God, this is really not a comedy. This is, this is serious stuff. Yeah. But I remember watching that show and the kind of the journey that it takes you on, I, I really liked it. Um, I watched a bit of C here and there. I know my family loved The Servant, the M. Night Shyamalan show. So there was something luckily for everyone to watch while in the beginning there, there wasn't much, literally like a handful of things. Um, I think with the acquisitions they're doing now and, and bringing things over, it, it's, it's, it's only gonna get better.
0: Yeah, for sure. Anthony, how about you? What's been your first, uh, you were probably our most vocal person who disliked it at first or Apple TV plus, but where are you now with it?
2: So, yeah, so I was, I was, uh, I wasn't disliking, I was disliking the work, the, the ethics that the tech, like Apple was, was like what they were doing to get these productions out there was just it felt. I just didn't like that part. Um, but the content that they did produce um, slowly grew on me. Um, like, for instance, C and For All Mankind. Um, I thought those two shows were very great as they're establishing platform shows. Um, I didn't I didn't watch the morning show. I, I watched the first two and I never really got into it. Um, I thought their movie, like The Banker, was fantastic. Um, and their, um, uh, the, the video game show, what's it called? "Mythic Quest," "Mythic Quest," was another fantastic comedy. So for an establishing platform in terms of content, um, I thought they did really well for their first year. Their lineup, if this was like you know, a video game um, platform, their lineup was fantastic for their first year.
0: Yeah, it it's interesting because, you know, as we said, this year we saw the launch of so many streaming services. So we got Apple TV+, Disney+, uh Quibi, Peacock, and HBO Max all launched this year. And when you when you kind of put that into perspective, it's like, holy shit. That's a lot of that's a lot of money that we're paying for all these different streaming services, but also like what is each one going to really provide me and when, when I think of like Peacock, obviously we don't get that here, but also nobody really talks about Peacock. Um, HBO Max, same kind of thing. I think people kind of dove into it for its back catalog of stuff, which a lot of is, is leaving and going to different streaming services. Um, Disney Plus, I think, is still unrivaled in the sense of the back catalog of what it has there, especially with Marvel and Star Wars. But Apple TV came to this without any of that. You know, like Apple TV came to this with like, hey, we don't have a back catalog of stuff. We're just giving you new content that we're making. And yeah, we did get some back catalog stuff added down the road. But like, I think Apple really made a mark this year. And it's it's really cool to see shows like Mythic Quest, which I think Mythic Quest and Ted Lasso are easily my favorite shows on the platform. And not just my favorite shows on the platform, but my favorite Agreed. shows, I think, ever. You know, like they're they're in that pantheon of like, these are shows that I will go back and rewatch. Like I and put them in my rotation. Like I do some of my other shows, like the office and always sunny. Like I could, I could put on Ted Lasso anytime or mythic quest anytime and, and enjoy that. Um, mm-hmm. and like the morning mm-hmm. show too, it started off with the morning show and it you know, the morning show kind of had its, its ups and downs, but I think at the end of the day told a really great story. And I'm so excited to see where that show goes from here. You know, COVID kind of threw, a wrench into everybody's plans this year, obviously and in every aspect and every workplace and every uh, production studio. But I'm, I'm really curious to see what this platform would look like if there was no COVID, cause we would have already had more uh, morning show season two and some more others I'm assuming, but Apple has been making some really sm- smart acquisitions with, you know, uh, I'm thinking of like dads and on the rocks and these partnerships that they're doing with not just, like to make Apple original content, but going to studios and partnering with like A 24 and partnering with Sony and Warner brothers to make these shows, Apple TV plus originals. Cause it's not, it's, you're almost not cutting out the studio at that point. You're partnering with them, which is, which I think is really important to make sure that the studios stay afloat as well too.
2: Yeah. Mm. I think it's important for, for Apple to create these, these partnerships because, you know, they, they need this. Other platforms are already well-established and they have their, you know, catalog of content. Well, Apple, you know, doesn't. And, you know, partnering with A24 is fantastic because you can get A24 content on your streaming service right away. And who doesn't want to watch an A24 film?
0: You know, I think too of like just this week, we heard that Jon Stewart, is coming back and that's going to be an apple tv plus original uh weekly show in the vein of his of the daily show that he used to do uh, in the vein of like what john what literally anybody who's in late night right now like when you look at stephen colbert and john oliver they all started on john stewart's show and it's so cool that he's now coming back obviously i would have loved to hear his voice during the last four years but i think it would have just been exhausting but I'm I'm excited to see that he's coming back and I think that's a huge get for Apple to be, to now have like a weekly new show that will be on their platform. Uh, you know, I think of all the different um, figureheads from different studios from Sony to HBO to Warner Brothers who have left to go to Apple TV Plus. I think it's a streaming service that it's easily dismissed by a lot of people. They're like, oh, Ted Lasso's amazing but sucks it's on Apple TV Plus. Where it's like, yeah, but like why does that suck if it's on a streaming platform that they, it's their show? You know, like, I, I think we're, we're in a place where everyone just wants, oh, just put it on Netflix. Where I'm like, yeah, but you're not going to get your, like, I don't think Ted Lasso would have existed had it come to Netflix. You know, I think you need those strategic partnerships for other platforms to thrive. Not everything could go to Netflix.
1: No. And, and and here's my thing. I, I hope more people get Apple TV Plus and you know a lot of people probably do have it but they just don't realize it and I think that's probably like the worst part about it because there's just so so many good things on there. Like again, you you mentioned um, Mythic Quest, Daniel, and you know I think about the the quarantine episode of Mythic Quest and how phenomenal that episode is and I think that's the one that, you know, if I was in film school or anything like that, that's one Want, that we'd watch and study, even. So, I I hope more people get the chance to to take a look because they're only going to get better. I mean, we have still the the Band of Brothers revival coming to Apple TV Plus, and I can't wait to see what their take on a um, you know a big scale war epic is going to look like. Mm-hmm.
0: Where do you guys it, see the next year of Apple TV Plus? Where do you like? We're we're a year into it now. What do you think it's going to look like a year from now?
2: I think there's going to be competition for it. There's always going to be competition, but now that there are more platforms have been popping out like HBO max and their arsenal of content there, they have coming out this year. It's going to be a tough ride for everyone to build membership bases. There's a lot of people, they would like Netflix because they've been Netflix users for so long. They don't want to pay for another service again for a new show and I get it. I get that idea of like, well, I wish this was just on one platform that I could watch. And of course you have seven different subscription services out there and you really have to decide which one you want to be with. You can't, you're you're paying more for it than you would be for normal cable at some points. You know, sure. Netflix subscription rates are going high. Apple will probably go high one day, Disney and Amazon prime and, hbo netflix just went
0: up right again for the
2: standard plan um it's yeah (laughs) these this this streaming (laughs) service is really not designed for like the consumer mind in a sense because there's so many of them it's it uh it just you know you gotta pick and choose
0: it's true show what about you where do you think apple tv plus is going to be
1: a year from now I think a year from now they'll have at least more acquisitions in terms of. Oh, okay, this you know movie's going to premiere at so and so festival. Let's bring it to. I think getting you know dads, for example, Daniel, that's something that you watched at TIFF, onto a platform like Apple TV Plus was a great um, was a great get. To be honest with you, I saw um, Sound of Metal almost ending up on Apple TV Plus. Like that's kind of where I imagined it would have gone because it, yeah. it feels like, it feels like a, like a good home for it. Um, But I see a lot of that happening, you know, a lot more acquisitions. I also do see them taking these bolder steps to get these shows out there um, over, like, you know, take the risk on some of these creators because they have this huge list of people that are luckily wanting to work with them. And it seems from what I can see so far that Apple is a bit easier to work with. They're not really, you know, stressing these people out.
2: Yeah, we're stressing them out
1: in the beginning, though. Oh, probably. You think so? Oh, a hundred percent. Remember the, all those,
2: that's, that's the one thing I didn't like about it was that they were trying to put their, their, how they deal with technology in Hollywood. And that was causing huge ripple effects in Hollywood because a lot of directors didn't feel like they, they or producers felt like they had their voice in their content. It was more of like, this, this is what we want to see, but then it changed, you know, that perception changed. Um, I don't know what it would look like. You know, they're partnering with A24, which is a huge partnership. Uh, I said it before, this is this is good for them because A24 films are all really well done. They're all all yeah. great. Um and I think Apple is understanding Hollywood a lot more than they did when they started.
0: Yeah, cuz I think they came in kind of guns blazing, let's throw money around. Oh, and now I'm remembering that yeah, when they were starting like, I think that's why they got a lot of film industry people part of their team, because I think they were kind of just going into the place, throwing money around. And it's like, hold on, let's that's not how that's not how this always works. Right. right. So, yeah, I'm remembering that now a couple of years ago before I think Apple TV Plus was even announced. You know, they were kind of like just coming in and just being like, yeah, this is this is what we want. Um, but, you know, like I think a year from now is, you know, we're getting a Martin Scorsese movie on Apple TV Plus. Mm-hmm. You know, we're getting Killers of the Flower Moon. Do you think that we'll have that in the next year?
2: No, I don't know. When Scorsese it, do is shooting? Scorsese is synonymous with huge budgets and being late, so I don't think it'll be available in the, in the near future, especially during a pandemic, and election year. Maybe they'll start shooting yeah. in the new new year.
0: Maybe, but yeah. I mean, but, I think there's yeah. a lot of room to grow for this for this platform still and it, it and it's is. good because i think there's the infrastructure is sound like having everything in dolby vision and 4k looks amazing um but yeah i, I just want to see like how is this content because apple again will never be able to compete in the back catalog but the way to get a back catalog is to start making a catalog right so i think if you're coming into apple db plus this year you already have a lot of content to jump into where when we kind of jumped into it in november last year which in my head is a couple months ago, which is wild. Um, It's like, oh yeah, there's a few shows here. That's interesting. But I think now you're like, yeah, this is definitely worth the the subscription. And if you've purchased an Apple device, you probably have it. You don't even know it.
2: Yeah. I find like the idea of a streaming war, you know, the streaming wars, who's going to, who's going to win the streaming wars. I don't think that's, that's something that's going to, is going to happen. I think, you know, you either pick what you want and you stick with it. Netflix is too big. Amazon's too big. Apple's too big. Like, it's just what content can they drive out and what good content? I, I don't know. You know, you hear these reporters saying, well, who's going to win this? And I'm like, I don't think there's going to be a winner. I think it's just what who can provide the, you know, great shows that people want to watch. And they're mm-hmm. all doing yeah. it. They're all doing it. Even even you know disney plus netflix amazon prime apple tv hbo there is one show on there that's going to interest you so no one's winning definitely it's just it's just like everyone's you know, winning no one's everyone's losing. winning it's just the, i think the consumer is losing because they have to pay for all these other services that they right right but one day maybe they'll be like uh one service fee for everything (laughs)
0: of one bundle of all one bundle to ruin them all. Um, any final thoughts on Apple TV plus on the first year of Apple TV plus guys, before we start to wrap up this lovely show.
1: Yeah. All I'm going to say is if you have recently bought an Apple product that comes with a free subscription to Apple TV plus, uh, take advantage of it. You're going to find something that you really like. And when I say really like, I mean, it'll be added to your, your list of shows on rotation. Like Daniel mentioned, you know, you can add, Mythic Quest. You can add Ted. La- Ted Lasso alone, like it's. I'm so surprised by how good that show is, and I know we're hyping it up a lot, but it's just phenomenal. And I'm I'm excited because Apple's got the money, so they're going to keep buying and building their brand. They're not going to give up on it. So I'm excited to see where it goes. But um, definitely, at least give a seven day free trial if you want it. And even then, like the yearly subscription, I think is like sixty bucks in Canada, so it's not too bad.
0: Yeah. It really is when you when you break it down. It really is such a a small fee to get into there to really watch these shows and just kind of even if you want to get and get out. These shows are worth the time, so definitely do that. It's great, great way to end it, Shabazz. Um, Guys, every week we have a trivia question, right. and in honor of the late great Sean Connery, my trivia question is tied to Doctor No. So Sean Connery first appeared as James Bond in 1962's Dr. No. The villain Dr. No was played by Joseph Wiseman before landing on him who was considered for the role of Dr. No. Was it?
2: Okay, good. I'm going to give you some
0: options. (laughs) Henry Fonda. Was it Sidney Poitier? Was it Paul Newman? Or was it a
1: monkey? I, I now you got me all uh, that monkeys really throwing me off right now. I'll be honest, yeah, <laughs> monkey,
0: Henry Fonda, Sidney Potier, Paul Newman, or
1: a monkey.
2: Mm. I'm not gonna I'm go gonna with, gonna with the, monkey. To the monkey. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna go the monkey. Go, I'm gonna go with Paul Newman. I just feel like the monkey would be. Uh, yeah, let's go with Paul Newman. The correct answer this
0: week is. A monkey! Yes! It yeah, is buddy! The producers considered having a monkey in the role of Dr. No, and they decided, no, that's stupid. But yes, they, uh, <laughs> they, definitely, they definitely did consider having a, a monkey in the role of Dr. No, but they just thought that he would not be able to bring any sort of Death. physical <laughs>
1: opposition to... <laughs> james bond um, and uh can you just imagine like sean connie's been like oh sure you're a monkey huh <laughs> you want a banana with the monkey talk uh yeah it would have
0: been a very smart monkey but i don't uh. know if he would have spoken or not i'm glad we don't live in this future where this happened but yeah mm. a monkey it was a monkey
1: <laughs> my
0: gosh But yeah, that was The Movie Podcast. As always, you can catch a brand new episode of the show every single Monday across all your favorite podcast services. Don't forget, we have reviews that go up on the feed all the time. So as we get to watch movies, it's very unpredictable right now with release dates and theater screenings and online screenings and all that. But just make sure you're subscribed to The Movie Podcast so whenever we have a new review out, you could catch it. And also, of course, we'll plug it on the show. Make sure you follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter at The Movie Podcast. And don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We did announce the winners of our Antebellum giveaway. (laughs) So make sure you check your DMs on Instagram to see if that was you uh i <laughs> I,
1: I didn't mean broke to it down. Out the name of the movie <laughs> <Antebellum>. <laughs> uh, i was
0: doing some yeah i was doing some slam poetry of the name so antebellum uh so definitely make sure you double check your instagram dms to see if you are the winner uh that was this time with the movie podcast and we'll see you next <laughs>